You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour two on this Thursday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. If you've watched a lot of Steelers and Vikings this season, you might not guess that Pittsburgh has a winning record, and Minnesota doesn't. Steelers are 6-5-1. and one. They're hard to figure out. The 5-7 and seven Vikings, the same. Pittsburgh can win games, but then you come away going, I don't know how they did it. Last week, when the Ravens' last-second two-point attempt failed, Steelers got the win. Vikings usually jump out to a lead. They're up in the fourth quarter, and then you're not sure how they lost. Last week, they allowed the Lions to score on the final play of the game in that brutal loss. And they were playing prevent defense. It's a funny year. It's a strange year. That extra playoff spot in each conference, and there's a lot of parity. And both teams are in the thick of the playoff race. No margin of error, though, when you look at these final five weeks. Both teams are at a crossroads, and this might be Ben Roethlisberger's last run. Vikings could have changes as well, starting with their head coach. Every game is big, and it feels extremely important for both of these franchises with this game. And I know on paper it doesn't seem like it's a great game, but it's a standalone game. There's storylines here. And people are going to tune in and have an opinion on Friday about both of these quarterbacks, both of these teams, playoff chances, the futures of these quarterbacks, what they do in the draft. So Vikings and the Steelers coming up tonight. We'll talk to our buddy Ross Tucker on loan from CBS Sports. He'll uh, handicap this game coming up. Also, Lakers at the Grizzlies coming up tonight. Steph Curry had six three-pointers, so he's uh, 10 away from Ray Allen's all-time record. And I think the fact that people thought he could get 16 three-pointers in a game, that's never happened, right? But the fact that you think Steph Curry, yeah, I could see him get 16 threes. And I went, wait, are you listening to yourself? He would beat the existing record by 20%. That doesn't happen. But he did. It looked like he was trying for it. That's for sure. Didn't have a great shooting night. And it's against an undermanned Portland team. I, I wondered that, too, that you're playing a team that's not very good or not fully assembled. How long does he play in the game? And if you have a more competitive team, does he stay in there longer? Does he have a better chance at breaking the record? It'll be uh, Sunday night. The Bears with Justin Fields heading to Lambeau. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, the NFC North Showdown. That's Sunday, 7 Eastern on NBC. And Peacock, here's Aaron Rodgers talking about the last time the Packers played the Bears. A lot of times in, in you know situations like this, the trash talk is only able to be used if uh, – you know, if you're getting after that uh, individual that uh, that was trash talking. So in order to trash talk, you have to have a lot of confidence in uh, what you accomplished and uh, what you're going to accomplish in the future. At some point, what I said will be used against me. That's just part of it. But I have no, uh, you know, no regrets for saying what I said. And, and uh, obviously, I think the, the record kind of speaks for itself. Yeah, he has no reason to apologize. He does own the Chicago Bears. I mean... The Bears should apologize to their fans for letting Aaron <laughs> Rodgers own them. But Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to apologize for anything. He's just telling the truth. I own you. Yeah, Paul. He said, uh, at some point, I'm going to have to eat my words, which means the Bears will win a game. I don't know that he's right on that one. How many more games does he have against the Bears, even if he stays in Green Bay? Yeah. Six? Yeah. 
Todd has his uh, bad late night monologues, and uh, he sent this to me. You debuted this two weeks ago? Approximately two weeks ago. Bad late night monologues? It's a mixed reviews. Probably more negative uh, from what I've studied on Twitter. I'm so, this is the best news I've heard all day. I'm <laughs> I, so excited see, for this. I appreciate you, the support. Are you, are you being serious, Seton? A hundred percent. I love it. I love this. Because I don't know if there was a call for this after the original bad late night monologue. I don't think there was. I kind of took it upon myself to write another one. Yes, McLovin. <laughs> Yeah, this is what finally pushed me out the door. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay, I wow. like how Todd lowers the expectations by saying it's a bad late night monologue. These are the bad late night sports Because you're not capable monologue. of doing a good late night sports I'm monologue. Not, I'm self-deprecating, so I'm already kind of slinging Wait, myself. Is this bad on purpose? I'm actually trying to write something genuinely funny. That's what but, I thought. But I'm not preparing you okay. know, for any kind of laughter. I'm not standing by for that. Okay. Are you ready for Todd's bad late-night sports monologue? What? Redundant. Okay. Here it's just three, just like last okay, time. Okay, here we go. And the first one had to do with uh, what you just alluded to there. With the Bears and Packers meeting up at Lambeau Monday night, Aaron Rodgers was asked if he has any regrets about saying he owned the Chicago Bears. He said, at some point, that will be used against me. It is what it is. I don't regret saying it at all. Fair enough, but about that I'm immunized comment. Hmm. <laughs> Dallas Mavericks star Luka Doncic. Slow down. Slow down. Dallas Mavericks. And they play on Sunday night, Monday, not Monday night, so you screwed oh, up. Oh, I did screw that up. That's right. It's Rams-Cardinals Monday night. Yes. What, Sunday Paul? night. Fritzy has a delivery of a comedian who's on death row and knows he's going to be put to death in four minutes and is trying to get his act done. Get in here. We're about to electrocute you. Wait, I just got to finish reading this. Dallas Mavericks star Luka Doncic knows he let himself go a bit over the summer and needs to work on his conditioning. We talked about this yesterday. He appeared choked up and teary-eyed while lamenting being overweight. Turns out he actually had a portion of a quarter pounder lodged in his throat, so he's not as emotional about it as we thought. <laughs> That's why he was all choked you up. He had a quarter pounder stuck You in know his what? Throat. I'm wrong. Speed up your delivery. <laughs> <laughs> Things are getting coyote ugly as Arizona's NHL team may get kicked out of their arena unless they pay taxes and other bills ASAP, which begs the question, what's the more hideous situation? The coyotes not handling their financial issues or watching them play hockey? <laughs> That's the bad late-night sports monologue. La La Land. So Luca got all choked up because he was kind of choking on a Whopper there, a quarter pounder. Nothing to do with people asking why he's overweight. All righty. Thank you, Todd. A little doughy, as Paulie likes to use that word. It's Thank a good you. word. Yeah. Doughy. All right. Don't, don't bring me into this. <laughs> don't. I want any part. <laughs> <laughs> Even Joe Johnson thought it was funny. He did. I appreciate Joe Johnson. <laughs> Kind of like he was mocking me a little bit. That's not a genuine laugh. The guy, he, the guy, he, he shot me. Shot you a dirty look. <laughs> no, no, no. He shot me with a gun. Terrible, terrible. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Bad but, late night sports monologue. Thank you, Todd. Welcome. Uh, what's the uh, poll question, McLovin, for hour two? Hour one was, who would you rather play with, Curry or LeBron? 80% Curry. Hour two is, do you have a problem if Kenny Pickett skips the bowl game? Hmm. I don't. It did affect the interview we did yesterday. did affect the betting line. It was uh, three and a half, went down to a pick em. Seems to be an appropriate uh, designation with Kenny Pickett not playing. The game is a pick em. So it's a picket. 
He's still undecided if he's going to play in the Peach Bowl against Michigan State. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to Peacock, streaming partner. Um, make sure you uh, go to danpatrick.com. All your holiday shopping. Everything that you need to uh, spread joy, including Todd's limerick greeting cards. Although I will say that the greeting cards are really well done. Uh, the calendar is wonderful. There's so many great items there. The clothes, the T-shirts that we have as well. Here is uh, Kenny Pickett yesterday on the show when, uh, well, I talked to him about if he was going to play. Are you playing in the Peach Bowl? Well, with, you know, recent news and, and out of, you know, our team with Coach Whipple and everybody, you know, that's something I actually just got home yesterday and I didn't get a chance to talk about it with my parents. Um, just kind of enjoying the season and, and getting a chance to, see some family who I haven't been around in, in, a, in a long time. So, uh, but definitely I'll be talking about that with my family here soon. So you're undecided. I'd say undecided right now. Yes. He caught himself because I think he was probably going to answer that. And then with his offensive coordinator, coach Whipple leaving to go to Nebraska, I think he kind of gave you a little bit of the, this is the reason why I haven't decided yet. I'm going to talk to my family and then he goes to the Heisman ceremony coming up this weekend. Mentioned a little bit about uh, Steph Curry, first hour of the show, uh, beating the Portland Trailblazers. You know, the record's going to happen. It's not significant to me that he's going to have the most threes in NBA history because, you know, if I look at how he did it, then, you know, that's where I have great curiosity. Um, but, you know, this isn't the home run record. You know, it's not the all-time scoring record in the NBA. I mean, it's just, it's 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 a nice award. It's it, but you know how we view threes now as opposed to the way we did eight years ago, ten years ago, like passing yards. Here, here's a stat for you. Remember, passing yards used to be a big deal. Not anymore. Uh, let's see. Here, the quarterback with the most passing yards through his first 13 seasons in the NFL. This is NFL history. The quarterback who has the most passing yards through 13 seasons in the NFL. Paulie? I, I don't know if he's played enough seasons, but I think I've got it. Matthew Stafford. No, Matthew Stafford is on the list. Matthew Stafford is one, two, three, four. He's fifth as far as most passing yards through 13 seasons. Matt Ryan has the most passing yards through the first 13 seasons in NFL history. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. He's almost at 59,000 passing yards. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah, McLovin. That's shocking. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. If it wasn't shocking, then it wouldn't have been that good a stat of the day. Yeah, Paul. He also, he's never led the league in passing yardage in any single season. He's never led the league in touchdowns in any single season with all those numbers. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Stafford is uh, fifth on that list there. I, I'm also looking at Cooper Cup's season so far. He leads the league. He's got 100 catches. He's got over 1,300 receiving yards. He's got 11 touchdown receptions. He's the first player ever with those numbers 
through his team's first 12 games of a season. So he's on pace for 1,800 yards. Probably 130-plus uh, receptions. But he, he gets 90 receiving yards or more in uh, eight consecutive games. The record is nine. Odell Beckham Jr. the third and Michael Irvin. So Cooper Cup, he's one of those where you, if you don't watch the game, you just watch the highlights, you're like, wow, he had another big play. But he's more than just that. You know, he runs great routes. I remember we watched the um, division, what, 1AA, FCS, whatever it is. And, and Paulie goes, you got to watch Eastern Washington. And I said, all right. I said, am I watching for the red football field? He goes, no. Watch for their wide receiver, Cooper Cup. I think it might have been the first play that they had on offense in a playoff game. And it was like post pattern. He ran for a touchdown. I go, all right, got my, got my attention here. And then you realize that, I mean, he hasn't played a full season because he's been injured. But this year, Cooper Cup, those are, those are big numbers there. Uh, let me see. What else do we have? Now, I was also curious about Damian Lillard. Uh, conversation, and we talked about this yesterday. I think that this might be a situation that we saw with Russell Westbrook and Allen Iverson, where they were traded by their teams. I don't think that Russ wanted to leave Oklahoma City, and Iverson didn't want to leave Philadelphia, but the franchises felt like it was best for them as they move forward that you trade Russ and that the Sixers traded Allen Iverson here. Does Portland get to that point? I, I love that Damian Lillard wants to stay. But if I'm the Blazers, we've gone as far as we can go with him. He's wonderful. Face of the franchise. But now you have to figure out down the road, what are we going to be in three years? Two years? Four years? And that's where you have to start thinking, you know, these are tough decisions to make. Here is uh, Damian Lillard that... He doesn't want to go. He wants to stay. My intentions are to be in Portland and to figure it out. You know, and that's, as far as I know, that's all of our intentions. And I also know that people are going to continue to have these same conversations because it's fun to talk about. But, you know, that's not, it's not accurate. So, I mean, they can keep talking about it all they want. And I'm going to keep saying the same thing. Okay. He does want to stay. He said he wants to stay. He's trying to figure out solutions here. I'm going to take him at his word. They talked about, you know, maybe getting Ben Simmons, or at least there was a report attaching his name to, do they go out and get Ben Simmons trade for him? I don't know what you're giving up for Ben Simmons, but you're going to give up a lot. C.J. McCollum would be expendable, but he's got a collapsed lung right now. And then who are you giving up? And then you get Ben Simmons, and then you look around, and you go, well, it's me and Ben Simmons. That's not going to be enough to make a dent in the West. Yeah, Paul. That Damian Lillard clip, do you think he meant it or had to say it? I'm going to take him in his word. I mean, he's he said this. He hadn't changed anything. He, he said that he wants to stay. He wants to figure it out. Uh, that he doesn't want to go chasing championship rings. He said that before. I think when LeBron got to the Lakers, said, I'm, I'm not here to chase. You know, I want to do it here in Portland. All right, we'll take a break. We'll talk to Ross Tucker. He'll join us. Tell us the importance of tonight's game. A few other things to talk to uh, him about. And uh, more phone calls as well. Take a break. Back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. 
LifeLock is here to help you lock up your life because we expose so much of our information. And right now there's something called credential stuffing. It's a cyber attack that you have to understand. Credential stuffing is when these cyber criminals get your username and password off the dark web. Then they try to gain access to your accounts and steal your private information. It's important to understand how identity theft affects our lives. And that's why sometimes you uh, might be harming your finances, your credit, your reputation. You need LifeLock. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. And if they detect your information has potentially been compromised, they send you an alert. They're the first to say no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all business. But you can protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year. Use the promo code Patrick. 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com. Promo code Patrick for 25% off. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. Got a new podcast. It's a gambling podcast. It's called Dan Patrick Takes a Gamble. Dylan, our graphics guy, bets on games every week, and so does a friend of mine named Bad Larry, who I've known for 20 years. Bad Larry is up, I think, plus 24 units so far on the season. Bad Larry is really good at gambling because he doesn't have another job. That's all he does. But you can go to uh, danpatrick.com and uh, you can check out all the podcasts that we have. But it's a new podcast and it's called Dan Patrick Takes a Gamble. Yes, Paul. I don't know how to put my finger on it, but if you looked at Bad Larry and Dylan, you'd say, yeah, those guys gamble. Yeah. I don't know why, but you can just look at it. It's like coming out of their pores. I saw this report that head coach Mike Zimmer could get fired if the Vikings lose to the Steelers on Thursday night football. This coming from Jason LaConfora of CBS Sports that uh, Mike Zimmer is firmly on the hot seat and may not even last until the end of the season. According to uh, Jason, they're 5-7 and seven so far and likely to make the playoffs. Let me see if he says anything else. The Vikings coach continues to wear out players and coaches with his caustic manner. Uh, Zimmer is on such thin ice. A loss to Pittsburgh tonight could be enough for the Vikings to fire him with four games left in the regular season. We make way for our good buddy Ross Tucker, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. He works for CBS Sports and Westwood One. What do you make of that uh, report there, Ross? Doesn't shock me, Dan. Uh, you know, I played with Coach Zimmer when I was in Dallas, have a lot of respect for him. Obviously, he was on the defensive side of the ball. I think he's a good coach. I think he's done a nice job in Minnesota. But it does feel like on some level – it's run its course. You know, their defense is just simply not good enough. That's his expertise. That's his side of the ball. And then they have arguably the best receiving tandem in the league. They have a really good back in Cook. Alexander Madison is a stud when he plays. Cousins has played as a top 10 quarterback this year. They can't be five and seven. I mean, I, I don't know how you're five and seven with all of the skill guys I just named. Clearly the defense and the O-line aren't good enough, but we've been saying that for a couple years now. Yeah, I and I always go back to this, and I say this a lot. Not every assistant coach is meant to be a head coach. That, you know, Belichick is really rare, that that he doesn't have personality. 
but he still has that attention to detail. He doesn't win press conferences. You know, Pete Carroll wins a press conference. You know, guys, uh, Sean McVay wins a press conference. But Mike Zimmer doesn't win a press conference, and he doesn't strike me as a guy who is going to lead you to the promised land where you go, I'm going to follow that guy. But if you say, hey, coach the defense, he strikes me as a guy that you want on your staff not to be the head coach. Do you understand where I'm coming from here? Yeah, I do. You know, I will say, you know, they went to the playoffs a lot of years in a row. They've won a decent amount of playoff games. Obviously getting that NFC championship game in 2017. I do think he's a head coach. I think he's a good head coach. I don't think he's a great one. And they have not been able to overcome some personnel issues on the defensive side of the ball, the offensive line. But They've tried for like two, three, four years now. And at a certain point, you have to say, let's give somebody else a shot. And then you have the Steelers here with uh, the farewell tour of Ben Roethlisberger, if it is the farewell tour of Ben Roethlisberger. That I don't know what happens if they make the playoffs. Like, does Ben, you know, I guess he's made a decision, according to Adam Schefter. Do you think it's over that Ben is not going to play, no matter what happens the rest of this season? So I'm kind of confused by this, Dan. I I know there were reports last week that Roethlisberger is privately telling people that it's his last year. I thought we kind of knew this was his last year. You know, when they when they redid his contract, he took less money for this year, all the other years void. I thought we all knew it was his last year. Like, I thought that was the deal. They signed Mason Rudolph to a one-year extension through 2022. I didn't really think last week's news was actually news. I thought we all knew this was Big Ben's last dance, last chance, and that that's the way it always was going to be. And the way it's played out this year, it should be his last year. But do you see them – I don't think his successors on that roster. No, I think that they have Mason Rudolph extended for one year as sort of the floor – for what they can have. Uh, Worst case scenario for them right now, it's Rudolph and Haskins potentially battling out for that spot if they're not able to get some other veteran or anybody in the draft. You know, they're not going to draft high enough to get, you know, one of the two or three guys that people seem to like, although nobody's in love or enamored with any of these guys. It'd be ironic if they had Kenny Pickett just stay in the exact same stadium. Obviously, every Steelers fan I know here in Pennsylvania is like, oh, we're getting Russell Wilson, dude, or Aaron Rodgers. You know, (laughs) it's so funny, Dan, whether it's college football and like the Notre Dame alums or Oklahoma fans or the NFL, everybody has an overinflated sense of the worth of their team or their school. Like the Steelers fans around here, they're just like, yeah, I mean, it depends on who we want, whether it's (laughs) Russell or Rodgers. Like in their mind, all of these guys want to play for the Steelers because of the Steelers. I don't really think that's the case. Uh, I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll make the call and see if those guys would want to play in Pittsburgh, but I don't think it's as open and shut as Steelers fans seem to think it is. Just like Oklahoma Notre Dame fans can't fathom the idea that a coach would leave their school to go to another college football program. If you were an offensive lineman for Pitt and Kenny Pickett decided he didn't want to play in the Peach Bowl, how would you feel? I think I would understand it. I would be disappointed uh, if, you know, 
he wasn't going to play because obviously he makes a huge difference in whether or not you win. You've had an enjoyable season. It's the first time Pitt's been in a big bowl game in a while. I think I would be disappointed, but ultimately understand it. I, I think it's interesting. I used to work with Ed McCaffrey, Dan, on the radio, and he told me, remember, Christian McCaffrey was the first guy to skip a bowl game, right? The first guy. And Ed said something really interesting to me that when they kind of laid out the pros and cons, Christian McCaffrey actually talked to his teammates. He said, hey, look, I'm supposedly a top 10 pick. You know, I could play in the Sun Bowl in El Paso, Texas, which sounds funny now, um, and play with you guys. But if I get hurt, like what happened to Jalen Smith in the Fiesta Bowl, you never know. And what Ed said to me, I thought was really interesting, his teammates were all like, you better not play. You'd be an absolute moron if you play with us in the Sun Bowl. <laughs> so I think guys are at the point now where they kind of understand a little bit more. It does feel weird for whatever reason when it's a quarterback and it's a guy that's led a program like Pitt to a place they haven't been in a while. If he was at Alabama or Georgia and played a different position, we wouldn't even think twice about it. The reaction's been interesting, though. In the last 24 hours, you know, Vegas, you know, took it from a three and a half point spread down to a pick em. Uh, you know, just the reaction of people that you got to play in a bowl game or you shouldn't play in a bowl game or he has every right to sit out if he wants to. Plus, I wonder when he was on the show yesterday if the reaction is going to almost force him to play. That, that, you know, like, how can you do, you know, if he's on the fence, I wonder if all this criticism makes him go. And I don't know if he's even not playing in the bowl game. I just got a sense, and that's why I asked him the question. Yeah, so uh, two things on that. Number one, I do think people look at the quarterback position a little bit differently from a leadership standpoint, and I wonder how that will be looked at by some NFL teams. I don't think many, but there might be a few that don't love it. Number one. Number two, next time, Dan, you're going to ask him a question like that, can you have Fritzy or somebody text me before the line moves by three and a half <laughs> points? That would really be a good one for me to get the heads up on, okay. you know, um, before Vegas does. You know what, Fritzy, would you write that down next time I ask a question that could affect the, uh, this, the betting line? So noted. Let... You know, let uh, Ross know. The Eagles quarterbacking situation, I find it interesting. Now, maybe it's not that interesting, but Gardner Minshew, to me, can play. He's a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a better weapon, and there's a difference in that. But I don't know if there's any quarterback controversy in Philadelphia, a team you know very well. Right. Yeah, I do their pregame, and I, I spend a lot of time on, on WIP there in Philadelphia. The first thing is... How is it possible, Dan, that none of these other teams traded a six-round pick? I agree. For Gardner Minshew at the end. I mean, the Eagles had Hurts. They had Flacco. They traded a six-round pick for Minshew to be the third. We got guys like Tim Boyle starting NFL games for the Detroit Lions, yeah. and nobody wanted to give more than that for Minshew. Now, I personally don't think there's any controversy regarding who starts the next game. Hertz has been on a steady progression. He's played well overall. The Giants game was his worst game, and that's the last time out, so he has to play better. What I find really interesting, though, is what this means for Nick Sirianni, the first-year head coach, 
What happens if Hurts struggles in the next game against Washington? I mean, they have four games left. If they go three and one or better, they're going to the playoffs. This creates an interesting dilemma for Sirianni. If Hurts struggles like he did against the Giants, does he give him the whole game? Does he give him the first series of the third quarter? Does he? I mean, it's not about, in my mind, who starts the next game. It's how quick of a hook does Hurts have if he performs poorly. We're talking to Ross Tucker, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and he'll be on the call for Army-Navy. That'll be on Westwood One this Saturday, and that'll be at uh, 3 Eastern. Your sixth Army-Navy game? Does that sound right? Favorite day of the year. Yep, I did three on the sideline with uh, James Lofton and Mayock in the booth, and then this will be my third time in the booth. Dan, my single favorite day of the year um, you know, it's funny. I'm from near Philadelphia, and that's where the games usually played. And people said my whole upbringing, you got to go to Army-Navy, got to go to Army-Navy. And I was always kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's great. But, like, I, I, you know, I was a Penn State fan, whatever. I had no idea. The thing I tell people is it's a bucket list item and that if, you know, we obviously live in a pretty divisive society we all know that it's polarizing. There's not a, a whole light, a, a lot of respect between certain people. If you want to have a day where you just feel like we're all on the same team, we're all in this together and feel better about our country, the Army Navy game, that's where it's at, man. You, you go in that stadium and you're just like, huh, like, we're going to be okay. Because even though they're trying to kill each other on the field, everybody in that stadium knows we're ultimately on the same team. We're ultimately in this together. I would like if our country could get back to that. Remembering, like, we're not political parties. Like, we're all Americans. We're all in this together. That'd be nice. Yeah, it's emotional. It, it, it is. It's emotional. Every, anytime I've gone to West Point and even now thinking about it, when those cadets come in, and you realize we talk about, boy, this game is life and death. No, they, they're in a game that's life and death. You know, this is fun for them. Army-Navy is really important, but their bigger picture is, you know, they move on to something that is truly life and death. And when you see them come in, it's, it's as if you, you put everything to the side, and it's a, it's a wonderful moment. And I'm envious you know, of you. Uh, you you're going to be there this Saturday. Yeah, Dan, I, you just describing that, just gave me chills because the thing is inside the stadium, it's a lot of alums, it's parents, and obviously it's all the midshipmen and the cadets. Everybody in there has sacrificed on some level, right? Even if it's a family member that goes in the service, they miss a lot of holidays. They, they miss a lot. Everybody in there in one way, shape, or form has sacrificed for the rest of us to be able to do what we can do. And I'm in awe of the 18-year-olds that sign up for nine years, from 18 to 27 at a minimum. They're going to live a different life than the rest of us live. Can't thank any of them enough. Um, and I, I, I tell everybody, anytime you see a serviceman or woman, say thank you. It's, uh, it's incredible. Thank you, buddy. Great to talk to you. Have fun this weekend. Thank you. Take care. That's Ross Tucker. Ross Tucker, Westwood One, CBS Sports, Army-Navy coming up this weekend. And it doesn't matter the records. When they get together, it's just, you know, expect the unexpected. But um, 
know, it's always this time of the year. And the weather always plays a factor, it feels like. But uh, no, it's I, I know I harp on going to West Point. But you know what? I'll continue to harp on it. You know, if if you go and you have a different feeling, then you let me know. But until then, I'll tell you, if you get the opportunity, especially on a fall day, you go like mid to late October. You got the Hudson River. You understand the history. You understand what was going on there a hundred years ago. But if you can get there early, tailgating, but just walking the campus and just seeing, you know, some of these landmarks, it's really, really spectacular. And and you get you get a better sense, better feel of of what is going on in the real world, because that is the real world. They're going to get out into the real world. And for them, that means fighting for us so we can live in what we think is the real world. Yeah, Pauline. What first time I went there to an army home game, uh, the cadets worked the concession stands. Like even even that, and that's like a treat for them. They get the day off to like they get to <laughs> work the stands and they get the rest of the day off. When I was talking to the cadets, he goes, "Oh, this is good because you work the concession stand, you get personal time for the rest of the weekend." And he goes, "That's really great to have. You don't get a lot of that." One of my uh, son's friends played uh, offensive line up there, and I didn't know that they're not allowed to turn around and acknowledge the crowd. That when you're on the sidelines and I'm yelling at that, you know, this uh, guy who was my son's friend, I'm yelling his name, top of my lungs. I'm thinking, damn, my voice carries. And guys on the sidelines were saying to him, like Stephen, like, turn around. Turn. He, he wouldn't turn around. Couldn't turn around. Not allowed to turn around. And so after the game, I go, did you hear me? He goes, yes. I said, but you didn't turn around. He goes, I'm not allowed to. I go, oh, man, I'm sorry. He goes, yeah, everybody's saying, hey, Dan Patrick's saying, calling out your name. And and he just, he looked ahead. I went, all right, now I got that. Now I'll never make that mistake again. I right, we'll come back. Phone calls coming up. Back after this. There's a new app I want to tell you about. Makes it easier to manage your investments. It's called the Stiefel Wealth Tracker app. You spell Stiefel, S-T-I-F-E-L. You want to manage your investments? You know where you stand? That's half the battle. Stiefel Wealth Tracker lets you build your personal balance sheet. You track your net worth over time. Securely link all your financial accounts using bank-level encryption and monitor how all your investments are performing in one place. Stiefel Wealth Tracker also gives you direct access to Stiefel's award-winning equity research, investment strategy views, and a whole lot more. Stiefel's been helping clients managing their investments for over 130 years. You need professional guidance. Use the Stiefel Wealth Tracker right now. Connect with Stiefel, a financial advisor, and they will help you with all your needs. Best of all, the Stiefel Wealth Tracker app completely free. Download Stiefel Wealth Tracker on the App Store, Google Play, or at stiefel.com slash tracker, S-T-I-F-E-L dot com slash tracker. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, and you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? 
along with my fellow pro bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up on game, we're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up on Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, poll update there, McLevin. Okay, uh, do you have a problem if Kenny Pickett skips his bowl game? 61% say no. Yeah, I don't. But we don't know if that's the case. It was just he opened the door yesterday and we walked in. Tim in Florida. Hey, Tim. You know, Kenny Pickett definitely didn't say he was playing. Uh, hey, Tim, what's on your mind today? Hey, how you doing? A couple things, but the, one of the things I've really called you for is I'm watching college basketball now, and everything's the three. A lot of teams could go further in the in the tournament. If they go for the twos, I mean, we got scores 47 to 51. That's all they can score in a game because they want to shoot threes, be the Steph Curry of the game. Yep. And they just, you know, and it, it, they it, – yeah, Steph Curry kind of ruined college basketball to me. <laughs> and another thing, and another thing, I just want to say real quick: Notre Dame didn't go over real well with Tyrone Willingham as head coach, being a black coach. How do you think this is going to go for Marcus Freeman? You know, they only gave Tyrone Willingham like two years, and he was out. And I and I just like to hear what you got to say. Uh, I hope that they learn from that situation, and I hope that they give him ample opportunity to prove himself. You know, with Brian Kelly leaving, it's not like he took with him the hurdles that you have as the head coach there at Notre Dame. It's still tough to get in everybody you want to get in. And you don't have control over that. And I think that that will continue to be a concern, an issue, for uh, Marcus Freeman in Notre Dame. This is all about recruiting. That's all college football is, recruiting. How many times do you say, boy, that coach outcoached that coach? Usually you out-talent that, that team, the team you're facing. Now, do I think Nick Saban can outcoach? Yes, I do. But it's probably a short list of coaches where I go, damn, he's just smarter. He's just better. That doesn't usually happen in college. College is just, I got all of these guys and you don't. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Um, I was watching Billy Bush last night and uh, his show, as I always do. And, uh, you know, Access Hollywood, Entertainment Tonight, I'll watch those shows. And they, uh, they showed uh, J-Lo and Ben Affleck at the Lakers game. And they were seated next to one another, of course, because they're in love. But... I want to know whose job it is to decide who gets to sit courtside. Because if Jack Nicholson wants to show up, Jack gets to sit where he always sits. But if Machine Gun Kelly shows up with Megan Fox and you have Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez and they, you're trying to decide between those two, how does that work? Because... You could skew younger with Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox, or you could, you know, go a little older school with uh, with Ben and uh, J Lo. Yes, he. That's definitely someone's full time job. Yes, is managing that. I would think so. How many of those seats are available for each game? That's what I'd be curious. So, what's the window of? I've got fourteen seats, and I've got 
30 people who want to show up, 40 people who want to show up in those seats. Yeah, Paul. And I wonder how it worked. If, if it's an hour and a half before tip-off and Jennifer Lopez's people, her people and Affleck's people call, they're getting seats, right? They're of that ilk. I would think so. But I don't know who makes that decision. Because I'm going to guess you probably ruffle some feathers there when you go, hmm. And then how do you decide when somebody is worthy enough or they're not worthy any longer? Because you're going to decide before they know that they're not worthy anymore. Or you're like, hey, I made it. Courtside seats. Yeah, Paul. Here's an example. I'll give you, you're the, I'll make you the Laker courtside czar, Dan. Okay. It's an hour before game time, and you have two calls on hold for the last two seconds. Hello, Laker tickets. Adam Sandler and David Spade, or Taylor Swift plus one, and you don't know who the plus one is. So Taylor Swift and her boyfriend. Whoever that may be. Yes. Or Sandler and Spade want to go to a game. They, they have free last minute. Be honest. Well, yeah. But you, have, you know Sandler. I'm not going to lie. It's not like I, anything hinges on this. Uh, I would have Sandler and David Spade because Sandler, to me, is a guy who shows up at Laker games and there's a track record there. Taylor Swift may be a one and done. As much as I love Tay, um, I'm, I'm going to have uh, Sandman and David Spade. Yes, Ty? But that might be the reason to give it to Taylor because it's such a rarity and such a big deal. There'll be other opportunities mm. to see Sandler and Spade and get them seats to a game. I'm just telling you, Todd, I'm loyal. Okay? And I'm going to give it to Sandler and Spade. I appreciate that, Diddy. You know, I love my basketball. Yeah, but no, I I would have, I would say to uh, Taylor Swift, um, you know, I can get you seats, but uh, you're not going to be front row. I mean, you're no Beyonce. Lows behind the backboard. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, Paul. Okay, let's say uh, your phone rings. You're the Zach. Hello, Laker tickets. Beyonce plus one, Leonardo DiCaprio plus one. Um, pretty close. Yeah, but I'm going to guess... I mean, Beyonce's a big basketball fan. Leo is, I think, a big basketball fan. Or at least played a basketball player in a movie. Um, hmm. I would probably go Beyonce. That would be a toss-up where I, I would just go, you know what? I like seeing Beyonce courtside more than I do Leo. Yeah, McClub. I have the most followed people on Instagram. Are any of these, like, number one and two are actually Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. Do they play into this? And then Kylie Jenner and The Rock. Well, The Rock definitely gets to sit there if he wants to. The Jenners might be dating somebody on the floor. Um, yeah. Maybe it's not that difficult. Yeah, Paul. How about Jeff Bezos? Maybe not as famous visually. I would say No. But then he could buy you. Well, then buy me. All right. But I'm going to say no. Just out of principle. Because then it might be Elon Musk, too. Yeah. And then who do I have? Elon Musk is worth more than Jeff Bezos. Do I have Elon Musk there? I would have both of them sit in the second row. I'd be like, no. You can't buy this. Yes, Paul. Robert Downey Jr. or Oprah. Okay. Well, I don't know the history with Robert Downey Jr. going to a Laker game. Because I'm going to be loyal to my fan base here. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Oprah because I think even Robert Downey Jr. would say, what are you doing? Go with Oprah. Yes, McLevin. 
Okay, let's go younger. Right. Uh, the new Spider-Man movie comes out soon with Tom Holland and his girlfriend Zendaya. They're the hottest thing. Zendaya courtside is going to get a lot of attention. Yeah, yeah, I, I would have them sit courtside. But but who? Like you can't say, well, you could sit courtside. It's who is not going to sit courtside? Yes. Who do you move back a couple of rows? Oh man. Like, oh, okay, well, we've got you, Tom Holland, in row three. Mm. 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 I still remember Pam Anderson wasn't in the front row, and she was dating an, uh, a model, Marcus Schenkenberg, if that sounds right. Yep. That's a good-looking dude. And I remember, wa- this is when I had the booger in my nose, when I, I was standing above Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is in the front row. And I'm like, hey, Brad. And he's like, hi, how are you? And I walk over to him and I got a booger in my nose. Don't know it. I walked around and I see Pam Anderson and Marcus Schenkenberg making out. Game hadn't even started yet. Yeah, Paulie. Some of her was in the front row. Like, you know, parts of her were in the front row. Wow. (laughs) I love Pam. That's a compliment. Wow. Wow. Two hours in the books. Got one more to go. That's it. Seton, Paulie, Fritz, and McLevin, yours truly. Final hour. Coming up. One more item. We close out hour two. Puerto Rico, the new go-to destination for quality investment opportunities. Finding the right projects to invest in can be pretty tough. And uh, that's where Impeller takes over and takes the guesswork out of the equation. Impeller is a new online tool. It's spearheaded by Invest Puerto Rico that facilitates connections between investors and on-island projects looking for capital. You want to discover projects across all sectors? This is the place to go. Healthcare, tech, clean energy, visitor economies, commercial real estate. Plus, you can find insights like financials, company background, leadership, performance, everything you need before you make that investment in Puerto Rico. Empower your investment portfolio with the opportunities the island has to offer. Invest Puerto Rico's impeller is the right move, the smart move. Visit investpr.org forward slash impeller. Set up your account today. Impeller, your hub for investment opportunities in Puerto Rico, powered by Invest Puerto Rico.